The D and Davis Show. D and Davis, the show. We are back. It is the 15th, even though it's the 14th, but we're going to play like it's the 15th because that's when it's going to drop. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely got a lot to talk about in sports. We got off top. Uh, we got the Bulls. We kind of got the presser. And also we got the Casey Johnson from NBC Sports Chicago's one-on-one interview with Arturis Carnesivis. I'm going with the Carnese. No, I'm going with the Carnese. <laughs> because with if, the Carnese, huh? Yeah, because if 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 I saw in a one-on-one interview Casey Johnson calls him Carnesivis, then I know that he asked that guy how to pronounce his name properly. So that's probably the way to go with it, I feel. So well, name that man, sir. Car- Carnesivis. Carnesivis. Yeah, Carnesivis. I'm going to call you AK. How about Carnesivis or Arteris. Oh. But uh, definitely uh, a lot of positive Arturus. stuff. Arturis, thank you. Arturus. A lot of positive uh, vibes around Chicago. Um, great to have someone step, jump in from the outside. So we're going to talk about that. It's going to get a whole block. Uh, again, we're going to talk about, uh, we want to talk about some racism, but Ryan said we're going to say that for the, for the flip. So uh, tune in this weekend. Of course, if you, when your executive producer says something like that, you should probably take heed. So we're definitely going to take heed about that. And unfortunately, we have a lot of people uh, to dedicate to since uh, a lot of people have kind of lost their lives either from COVID or just through, you know, old age, life, uh, body issues and stuff like that. So we got a lot to get into today. I'm Kenneth Davis. Uh, you know my partner in crime. His name is D. Demond Spiro. What's happening, everybody? Hey, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at D and Davis Show. Once again, it's at D and Davis Show. Click on the link. Go to the bio. Click on the link. You can go to uh, all the platforms that we are on. That's iHeartRadio, YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, whole host of other places. Or simply search for D and Davis Show. D and Davis uh, Flip, and also the Westworld Flip. All right. Uh, I'm on Twitter and IG at Demond's One D E M O N Z E One. Ken is on Twitter and IG at That's Davis. Executive producer of the Dan Davis Show, Dan Davis Flip, and Westworld Flip. One Mr. Ryan Bukovsky. Ryan's on Twitter at Ryan B. Ski and IG, Ryan B. Ski One. I don't think you appreciated Westworld this past weekend, but we'll get into that on Westworld. Oh, Flip. Look, we'll talk about that later. I don't think you appreciated it. Appreciated it. it. I, I, I did. Appreciate I did. It was cool. A part of me can say okay. that every episode has continued to progress and be better than that past episode. I don't about. think. I don't think you appreciate it. <laughs> there was a little taint of hate behind your it description. Oh, it was. Oh. It was. Oh, it's my like when you put those crushed red peppers on a pizza slice, Ooh. just a little spicy. <laughs> and I like crushed red peppers on my pizza slice. Let me mm-hmm. tell you something. When he looked at Evan with all that, with all that glow and love, I was like, "Well, all right, well, all right now." We'll talk about that later. Yeah, so listen, off top. I got mine. All right. You got a guy that I kind of didn't like, really because of how they used him in the system in college. Uh, and then I was kind of wondering if he can be real good. And he kind of was, I mean, he's proven to be real good, but then he kind of stepped out on the kneeling thing. So I put him back in the, I don't know about him his box. I'm kind of putting him back in. The, I don't know about him box. And that's one Cowboys quarterback, Dak Prescott. Uh, all right. Okay. He clarified the event that we've all seen the images of uh, Ezekiel Elliott, some young lady in front of him at this, this gathering at Prescott's house. Uh, allegedly there were 30 people. Prescott came out and said there were less than 10. Someone co- corroborated that it was less than 10. That was also there. Listen, I wasn't there, but I know the amount of food that they had out when they showed the images. 
that wasn't for nine people. All right. They had, they had, they had food, food. Like it was like, they had at least nine like containers of, I don't know if it was some type of potatoes or something, but you, how you many like, pans of spaghetti did they have? Who eats a whole container of, of mashed potatoes, whatever it was that, on their own. You know what I'm saying? Like that's supposed to be divvied up at least to two to three servings, I would say. So when I look at the, the, the food, the, the, what they had to spread rather than they had out, it's like, dude, you just about, what, two or three weeks ago, you, Ezekiel and Dez Brown are arm in arm, and then you double down with yeah, we gonna hang out because we're young people. I'm just now. I'm 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 trying to think about what's going through their heads. Mm-hmm. We're young. We're healthy. We're not gonna die from this. Maybe they're staying away from their parents, but still, dude. It's look. Think about the person dropping that food off over there. All right, like, mm-hmm. and again, those people have to serve you. I'm not saying it is Ryan. You talked about having an issue with your water, and you guys having to put on masks, and then the city having to come out, the town rather having to come out or whatever. I mean, think about those people that are risking their lives, and you have them. You you you're unfairly risking their lives more by your actions. And on top of that, you're someone that people look up to. So to to me, it's just like his thought process recently does not make sense to me whatsoever. And it's kind of got me back looking at him side eye. Listen, anybody that you see with the COVID-19 coronavirus, the Rona, as we have to call it in the streets, and you see somebody having a party, you have to look at them with all the side eyes in the world. What mm-hmm. are you thinking? You could probably try to see, hey, you know what? Yeah, uh, he good, she good, we all good. Ain't nobody having any symptoms. They all right, you know what I'm saying? Come on over, we have some fun. You might be able to get away with a little get together, maybe like four or five people, which that's not even smart. That's what I'm don't, even they do, don't, don't even do they that. They don't live in your household. Right. You should not be gathering. Don't even do that. But you know how some you know exactly, but you know how some people might be like, oh yeah, come on over, we all right, we all right. But to have a party. Mm-hmm. And how many times have we heard from churches and pastors getting arrested? Mm-hmm. How many times have we heard of we hearing police of stories about police officers breaking up parties? Uh, the I, mayor, the mayor rolling past like get your ass in the house. What are you doing outside? Or is too many of y'all break that up? Guys in India hitting two fools with bamboo shoots like <laughs> the cops. I don't condone that, but. What are you doing? Dak uh, Prescott, what are you thinking? You're putting so many people, A, in, in risk. And they come, it, was, it was at his house, right? Yes, it was so at his now, house. Right. So now somebody come back and say, like, man, I got that Rona from uh, Dak. Dak. Dak, you need to run me them checks. I got sick. Mm-hmm. So you never, and then my mama got sick. My grandma was, got sick. So you know somebody passed. Right, right. Or what if you, what if he gets sick? And then it's not to kind of like, oh, I'm young. Maybe you have a pre-existing, pre, uh, pre-existing condition you didn't know about. And then you can get even, you can have, you can get sick even worse. It's just stupidity at the highest level. And I'm so happy that he was called out on that. I think he, I think you can. Ryan, y'all said he came out and made some clarifications about this. All right, real quick, this is what he said. I understand this is from ESPN. I understand and I accept that there are additional responsibilities and media scrutiny that come with being an NFL quarterback, but it's very frustrating and disappointing when people provide completely inaccurate information from uh, anonymous, I'm sorry, anonymous sources, especially uh, now. He said in a statement to get the record straight. I know we all need to do our best to, to, to socially distance. And like everyone else, I'm continuing to adjust to what that requires. But the truth is, 
I was with fewer than 10 people for a home dinner, not a party on Friday. I'm very sensitive to the challenges we are facing and making uh, sure to support the first responders and medical personnel and everyone else putting their long hours. We're at all at, uh, we're all at a time when we need to keep educating ourselves about the importance of health and isolation during the pandemic. And I will continue to make sure to do my part following the guidelines. Now, all I want to call claim is BS right there. Because you heard enough people talking about what you did with Des Brown and Ezekiel, and know this isn't the first time you've done this where people have been like, slow down. Yeah. And if you're like, we got to keep educating ourselves, that you know damn well you're not supposed to have people that don't live in your house over your house. I'll say this too. I wonder, and then this, I don't, I don't, I don't want to speak ill uh, of, of anybody. And again, this is just a, a, a hypothesis that I'm coming up with. I, I wonder if, because Dak's mom unfortunately passed. I wonder if his mom was alive because he would have that older person that you're kind of looking out for. Would it kind of stick in his head to be careful in this type of situation? I don't think, like, you never heard Dak. I don't know about any relationship with his father. You know, so that's why, for anybody that didn't know that, in that Camel commercial, that's why you see his two brothers up there, not his mom. His mom has passed. Mm. Um, so I wonder if he had someone that was older that he felt responsible for looking out for, would he be more cautious? Since it's like, man, it's just me. You know, it's how, old maybe, is that? how old is Dak? Is that's that like what, 25, 26? He got to be like 27, maybe. Maybe yeah, he's about, 20, about 27, 28-ish. Because nah, he's trying to get back on the market because that's why he wants a four-year deal instead of a five or six. He's trying to get back, at least I think by the time he's 30, maybe 31, but okay. he had to be around 28 somewhere because he okay. stayed in college for at least three or four years. He did, he did. 26. Then, he's 20, oh. okay. okay, he's 26 years old. So, mm-hmm. okay, now it's 26 years old. It takes 25 years until your brain is fully developed. So your brain is fully developed there, Zach. But one year, though, D. <laughs> I don't well, care. Two, two years. Just two years, D. He, he, may, he may be slow. He may, he may come slow for that. He got a few thousand miles on the on, on, on speedometer. He out, that's he, an average, D. He's he, an outlier. He, no. You've been out on the road, son. You've been out on the road. Listen, all you got to do is hopefully he's listening to credible news outlets. He... I would think somebody from the, from the Cowboys has probably reached out to all the players saying, hey, don't do this because we might still have a season. I don't think so, but mm-hmm. we might still have a season. So, hey, guys, don't have 10 or more people over. Don't throw parties. Don't bring the White House back. Don't do stupid stuff like that. You got to bring the White House back. Then. I would think that he would know that at the age of 26 years old. But, I, I mean, am I giving him too much credit? I don't know. Well, like Ken just said, he says we need to keep educating ourselves. Well, you already had your chance at education once, and now and you're still you still educated up. again. Is he a habitual line stepper? Are we coming he's, to he's is getting that to that, get point. To that point? He's getting to that point. Man, With Stephen know. Jones, uh, real quick, Cowboys, uh, Cowboys executive vice president, uh, Stephen Jones, Jerry's son, said the organization has committed, uh, communicated with Dak and Ezekiel after reports of a party about the quarterback's house in Texas on Friday night and what, uh, what violated guidelines regarding the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, frustrated Pesquat, then he, he issued a statement that I said. So listen, even Stephen Jones has basically said that they've talked to them. And I'm sure they talked to them after they got together. I saw, uh, what's the kid's name, the cornerback from um, – Ohio State is going to go for the first quarter, but it's like Ur- Ur- it's something you his, his last name begins with the U or whatever, but, but he's a mm-hmm. very good cornerback. You know, Ohio State produces some of the best cornerbacks. The point I was going to make, he was on uh, the NFL draft special for on ESPN, and uh, he was talking about how he trains. 
And he was like, you know, we got a parking deck. And he started to say, he said, you know, we, and he said, you know, I go running. And I was like, yes, he, he caught himself because he's about to say he's over there training with somebody mm-hmm. and he's doing that. And of course, you know that they're probably, and we talked about this, players are probably getting together, but you should know damn well not to post it. And I'm not saying you should be getting yeah. together, yeah. but I understand where it's your livelihood. Is you, 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 Look, you want to be as sharp and prepared in case anything changes, which we'll get into later. It's probably not going to change. Uh, but still, like just watching that, I feel like that people, they, they basically told the players, you know what, we know you guys are probably going to get together. The, the owners and probably stuff have also looked at the fact that how healthy these players are, the chances of them, something bad happens to them from the pandemic probably won't happen. So it's like, just do it. But if you're going to do it, keep it on the low. But even with that, you know, you got people at whoever was at Dak's house taking pictures who really didn't have any love for that brother whatsoever. But it was still good that they did it because it creates a talking point for people to point out something that's foul. Also, too, uh, I'm sure he's going to be very upset about people taking pictures in his house. And I mean, I thought you might want to be like, hey, uh, don't no photos, no, no, no cell phones in the sense of like taking pictures. But I mean, that could be that's a whole nother topic. Got uh, a lot to learn. Yeah, unfortunately, man, that's not smart. And especially if you want to be the franchise quarterback of one of the biggest, if not the biggest NFL uh, franchises or sports or sports franchises in the world and you want to do mm-hmm. something like this. This is it's not smart on so many levels. On so many levels. All right, I got off the top. One sec. Oh. Jeff Akuda is the quarterback. Thank oh, you. There you go. There you go. All right. My off the top comes from uh SI an article from SI. I'm trying to bring it up. I don't want to um mess up anything on the recording. So uh basically an article came out uh, in so many words saying like, hey, y'all, I know everybody wants sports back, but it's probably not going to happen anytime soon. And they laid out so many, uh, so many things at the end that the, that the sports league would have to do in order to even just get it going. So say, for instance, I read for like a football. Uh, they were saying like, OK, so if you have a game, you might have to swap out balls or instead of your players going to the, to the, to the sidelines, they might have to go into the stands. So that's that's just kind of weird right there. Not, not, we're not even talking about the uh, we're not even talking about the testing, uh, being able to test so many people. You look at the NFL NFL uh, structure and teams. It's like probably with the coaches and players. Well, we say want to say at least ninety people, maybe. Well, players final roster is fifty three. Fifty three uh, practice squad and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, with coach personnel. So you get close yeah. to 90 people, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. You, now you're talking Pretty about doing close. it for 30 teams. That's going to be damn near impossible to, e- to even have the test when you have so many communities, so many states out there that don't have enough testing just for regular citizens, for normal people, right. for everyday citizens. So uh, baseball, they want to try to do something. Okay, all right, well, you have it out there in Arizona or NBA, you will have them out there, have, possibly have it out in Las Vegas. You got all these hotels. Okay, fine. Yeah, we'll house you. What about all the people that have to work in the hotels? That means they have to get tested. That means they have to quarantine. So it's so many things that needs to happen perfectly, even to get to the point to even talk about sports. And on top of that, we don't have a vaccine. So one of the main points, Ryan, I know me and Ryan was talking about it. We, uh, we read the article. Uh, we all read the article. And basically it was saying, like, until there's a really a vaccine, we probably won't see any kind of big time team sports, maybe individuals, but team sports will probably won't be able to see it. And from the, from the sounds of it, we won't have, a, we won't see a vaccine until next year. And think about this right. can too. Think about this. I forgot about this. I heard this today. You know how we take a vaccine every year for the flu? 
So we don't even know if this is going to be a vaccine that we had to take yearly. I think we might even talked about it. We don't know if this no, is going to be a vaccine what I saw, what yearly, I saw, or you had to no, just yeah. the one-time vaccine. Said, we don't know well, yet. I think what they said is definitely initially, again, getting to your point, maybe it's changed, but they were kind of talking about the type of virus that it is. I think it's how it uh, how it mutates, mm-hmm. and it's very it's, slow. It's, it's, it's really slow, yeah. so you should only really have to get it once. But I don't know if that's like once every two to three right. years. Yeah, but you're not supposed to have to get it because it's not going to be the different viral strains that we get with the flu. For instance, most of us know sometimes if you get a flu vaccination, that whatever flu strain is that whatever strain that vaccination is aimed at may yeah. not be the flu from that season. We had that happen like three or four years ago, where the, the strain that came the hit was not. The vaccine wasn't basically working whatsoever. Right. Uh, so I, that initially, uh, about a month ago, I think maybe we talked about this, mm-hmm. that they said you shouldn't have to take it every year. But again, I believe right now, you, I believe when I see everything's it. on the yeah. table. Yeah, yeah I believe it when exactly. I see it. Right, exactly, Ryan. Everything's on the table. We don't know exactly what's going to happen from day to day just about. So we can, how can you even forecast what's going to happen right. in next year sometimes? We, we, we don't know. Real quick, uh, uh, employees of the MLB baseball teams, to go along with what you're just saying, mm-hmm. are participating in a massive study, this is from ESPN, that will test up to 10,000 people for coronavirus antibodies and should offer researchers a better sense of how widespread the disease is in major, major, major metropolitan sorry, areas across the United States, uh, though doctors caution that the data gathered is not expected to hasten the game's return. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, the article, Burst in the Bubble, Why Sports Are Coming Back Soon, is yeah, an you, SI Ryan. article by Stephanie Epstein. And uh, I thought one of the really interesting parts that, uh, you know, everything you said, D, that's, you know, perfectly said about the article. And then like another development is once everybody's quarantined and everything's ready to go, like you can start ramping up activities and stuff. If they get food delivered from somebody and that person has Corona accidentally sneezes on the lettuce, then, and while these players have been safe, let's say in quarantine, they still have to be social distancing. So at least six feet, because if one person gets it, then everybody's going to get it all over again. So you can't even like be within contact of your teammates the entire time of this quarantine on top of it. Yeah, that's going to work. It's impossible. It's not going to, and I keep saying it, it's not worth the risk. Don't be greedy. And we just have to unfortunately deal with this time. And we're a sports show, but we have other shows, obviously. But we just have to kind of face the reality that we might not see sports in America for a very long time. And then you see what's happening overseas with China. They open back up. I think South Korea opened back up. And then lo and behold, what happens? They have to shut everything down again. And that's including their sports teams. I mean, sports uh, sports leagues. Uh, Japan and South Korea, I believe. Yeah, okay, Japan and South Korea. There you go. Thank you, Ryan. So once they like, oh, yeah, I think we got the clear. And then all of a sudden, smack, here right. it is again. So they have to shut down things again. And that's even worse. So, yes, it sucks that we have to go through this, uh, obviously. Uh, I think I think within maybe the summertime, things will come back, will go to like maybe somewhat normal. But the things like sports and big events and concerts and things of that nature, we're going to have to get used to be watching this stuff online. Listen, they announced, I just got the, Taffy told me, they said the city colleges, that they, they, they told them they're basically not coming back if that to the end of the semester. So. Mm-hmm. And you know they not, so they go to basically June, Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They basically was like, yeah, right. you're not coming back to, I mean, what's the end of the semester? And then it gets to what you just said. People are going to be like, why are you coming back 
if the semester is right. going to end and why are you going to have all these people around one another? Right. You know, like, and plus you've always got the look of people dying, right? Like if you give, like D you said, you give tests to these athletes, people are gonna be like, yo, do we really need sports? Maybe we should test the people that really actually need it. Exactly. You know, hey, should we have folks. these big gatherings? Right. Yeah. We have these gatherings because yeah. all of a sudden it, like, I think it says in the article, it could be like a, a biological nuclear bomb that all of a sudden it just shoots out this virus and it just all of a sudden these numbers start changing all over again and we're back to square one. So yeah. it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. No, we just need to just make more Jordan documentaries. There you go. Ooh, make, can't wait. Make, make some of some other, listen, play some of those old NBA highlights. They used to run at uh, Great America when you was standing in line. Oh, real, real quick one before you go. I just thought about this. You know how you have the uh, the battles going on right now and IG, you know, saying Sw- uh, was Swiss and Timberland and RZA and, uh, and uh, DJ Premier. What if we had, and I know some 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 athletes are kind of doing this, but let's talk about some old school athletes. Would you love to see Michael Jordan all tequila up on an IG with like, name somebody that you love to see him just go back and forth? Charles. No, Isaiah Thomas. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas. Just talk about yeah. and have them two talk just about the nineties in the in the in the Bulls and the Pistons. Yeah, him and the, uh, Zeke and Mike both flickered up. Both of them little something in them, so they can really let it go. Uh, ooh, it'll get it'll get heated quick. I would <laughs> love to see. I would love to see. Real quick. look, then look, and then half off on the side. Pippen and then Lambeau and others. <laughs> once Zeke start going in on Pippen, because you know he gonna disrespect he gonna, Pippen. He gonna go in. He gonna go in on how he feel about where Pip he thinks Pip uh, should be uh, rated in the NBA. But ooh, that if you had that, but that's a great idea actually though. You should have story time, story with time. old liquored up athletes and they rivals. <laughs> Cause, dude, I will be here for that. I will turn that on all day and let that oh, ride. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it's uh, one thing, and I hate that. It's good to see though that people that didn't kind of see some of the sports from the past, uh, they including us, some stuff that happened before we were born. But a lot of stuff uh, they're playing now happened during our lifetimes. But the younger people get to see what we were talking about back then live. Yeah. You know, compared to a snippet, it gives you more of the context to a certain degree because. If you weren't there, you kind of don't know what, what was going on in the league, what rival teams were going on, stuff like that. But it gives you a snippet into the look of when what we what happens today as far as sports media, kind of when it starts to become what it became today, this huge mammoth beast that even with sports being off, it's still running. Yeah. I heard somebody say last week <clears throat> on a radio show, uh, I think it was like Will Kane's. I was watching ESPN uh, uh, News. And the guy was basically, no, I think what Kane was saying, that the next time they do a contract with these leagues, they need to make sure that they get enough money, quote, in a way, and I'm, I'm surmising, for the, the talking heads and talent. Because look at what they do. Like, yeah, oh, there's, yeah. No, there's nothing going on, but they're, they're, still, they're still working or yeah. whatever. Like some of the stuff that some of these producers are coming up with in discussion, man. Hats off to them. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it's hard yeah, to do. It's hard to do. Listen to this the score today. And listen to what guys have kind of come up with and trying to keep it going. And it's, it shows you, and I know Tony uh, has always talked about this, some of the craft of some of these people when you don't have sports necessarily to be a crutch. Okay, cool. Discussion. Right. Ryan, what's your off top? Off the I'm going to pivot on you guys okay. on the fly. I know we talked about pre-show, but how about the the horse tournament? Did you guys check out any of that with the uh, stars? And I, the saw I saw highlights. I saw highlights. None of it. 
I know everyone wants, uh, was it Jackie Quigley? Is that her name? Alex. Alex, Alex, Quigley. Alex, Quigley. Alex, Alex Quigley to win. Chicago Scott. Yeah, I want Zach. She's to going win. up against Zach. I want Zach round. to win because it's Why like you want it's, Zach to win because well, it's kind of Zach too. It's because he's the best what? one. He's yeah. the best one out of all of them. Like, dude, dude with some nice dude, when he touched the rim, yeah. and when I said to that ball, the ball, like, the that was sweet. That was sweet. And the fact that like he you. can't dunk alone, but I mean, she may, no, she may, she's tall. She may be able to touch the bottom of the backboard. It may not look the same as him, and be able to flick it, flick it uh, under the other side. But yeah, he's the best one. So it's kind of like I just want the best one to necessarily win. Uh, so yeah, I feel I feel like Zach can at least give me that since he didn't want to be in the slam dunk contest and shit. So I mean, he's, uh, I didn't really watch it either, so. too. He, he was is. really competitive against Paul Pierce. He was like check in like the court, like because that's what's fun with watching uh-huh. it is like seeing the different courts. But I gotta tell you, oh, I, I know, where I you know going. ESPN. Where, where am I going? I thought you were going <laughs> to go with uh, uh, Con- Con- uh, Connolly's uh, court and his setup at his career. You know, I actually missed his. Woo! I actually missed that his matchup. Is, is his scores nice? Dude, nice is not a good enough word for it. Really? It's not even like one of those, you know how like you see rich people and they have it where you look over and maybe they got a court, maybe it's a half court. Dude, no, no, no. He has like a gymnasium in his his house, right? A gym with windows to the outside world. Like it is Huge, yeah. Like the Utah Jazz. But remember, he was the highest paid player in the NBA for like three or four years. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, yo, you what you gonna spend that twenty million on? My Christ! <laughs> <laughs> Did you see uh, Chauncey? Wasn't he playing on some like jank? Yeah. Out in yeah. the cold. Yeah, Chauncey. <laughs> Chauncey was doing his dizzle though, and then like Paul Pierce, like he didn't have enough off to the room off to the side for like beyond the three point line because that's where it was like funny. And people were saying I was listening this morning. I think maybe it was first take, and uh, they someone was pointing out that Conley has an unfair advantage because he's in indoors and everybody else isn't even outdoors. Indoors. Oh, yeah. And like you see, like we seen Zach. Zach Zach is where his I think where he he bought it, but he's where his parents are because. You, I've seen like the He's training. In Washington. Yeah, I've seen the training. Um, his, what yeah, his, yeah. You've seen it in the past where his father trains him or whatever in the off season, and it looks just like that. Shout out to him; he just got engaged the other day. Oh yeah. But, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. but uh, so he at least has a, a nice setup, but it's still outdoors. But boo, Mike Conley, sir. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you in Ohio State with Greg Oden. Look at you now. <laughs> <laughs> Horse King. Mom and the baby. I liked. Uh, I like the the kind of overall setup of it. Like the idea is really good, but I had a couple issues with the production side of it by ESPN. Mm. It looked like they gave them like nothing in terms of setup. Like it was like they had to use their phone and like a ladder or something that they own to yeah. set these up. Like they yeah. couldn't send out a crew, especially with all these outdoor places. Like, hey, Hell you go no. inside. Right. No Did you way. just miss the first off the top? No, you just right? away. You just no, said for some basketball. Wait, this is a man that doesn't want to draft as virtual. And he just said East me should be sending no, out no, crew, no, no. Hold crews on, hold on. for a horse, a horse tournament. Finish. <laughs> Let me finish here. What so. the hell is going on? No way! That was the problem of the production. Too slow, too laggy. It was BS. You can't put that on. 
If you don't put that on, you need better camera. Everything passes now right now, buddy. That lag, no we used to be mad that about that no lag. Good. You uh, That lag is understood right now. It's like, oh, yeah, it's not usually good, but they let it ride, I'm man. I'm saying a production crew on site, I'm saying they can't come put a camera on a tripod and, and then, then just leave. tell them which button to press. And you press yeah, with a glove? That is essential. He <laughs> said press it with a glove. <laughs> that is that is essential right now. They're putting on a draft, and they can't put on a better it's production. A virtual, it's a virtual draft. People are going into their homes to set this stuff up. Wait a minute. No, they're, they're like, not. No, actually, no, actually, they're not. They all have to set it up themselves. Yeah, they set it already, themselves. Right? They, all, they send out the package. Mm, no, no, because listen, I heard, listen, I heard um, Ryan, uh, what's, what's the name he used to play for the Steelers? Uh, Ryan, Clark. Uh, Clark. Ryan Clark was talking about how, yeah, you know, this uh, this uh, iPad the ESPN sent me. No, they they get they give them all. It probably makes it simpler to where all they do is click it on or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's already connected. But even with that's it, that's what I'm saying. They can't do that with a camera. You can't send a camera in a box. But that's and, not what you it. said initially. That's you what I. That's what I. Crew. You they said you said send the crew. <laughs> Yeah, to set up a camera on a tripod, leave, and you just turn it on. <laughs> come with the hazmat suits. Come, All right, Zach. Come, how you two set weeks, your come two weeks before the event so that it's in how you get that? Outside. How you get that Rona? Mike Conley's house. <laughs> Conley, you couldn't do it. You couldn't do it at Mike Conley's. He's inside. Right, I'm only right. talking about the outdoor courts. Okay, oh, man. Oh, I'm gonna have to go back and look at these clips. I didn't, I didn't catch it. It, oh, wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't on my radar. Really. Oh, I mean, I knew goodness. about it, but it wasn't. I always I saw the, the, high, I saw the highlights. I saw. I didn't watch it initially when it aired. I saw when they ran through the highlights of round by round or whatever. Okay, all right, okay. Sorry, all right. you got you got one more uh, off the top. I got one. I got one. It's okay. a sad one. Got, it's not as sad as what's going on outside. So, um, I'm joking. I'm being facetious. But uh, Bosta Obney from ESPN put out an article talking about that uh, these are teams that will be impacted the most by MLB's changing its financial landscape. And the first team he started off with was the White Sox. He said, for, for example, a team that is going through years of rebuilding to now be at the edge of contention to goose their, pu- I mean, to goose their push to reach the top of the American League Central, the White Sox aggressively dove in the free agency market over the winter. He mentioned the players that they added. And this was the problem. Under the accepted premise, it's better to pay a little more guaranteed money uh, at the outset of the contract to save money at the back end of the deal. What the White Sox and other teams could have not known in those deals signed under a pre-coronavirus uh, business model was they may not have the same context as anticipated. So if you look at the fact that Mankata was supposed to make 1.8 this year, and next year he makes 6.8. And then when you look at uh, uh, Tim Anderson, he was supposed to make four, just $4 million this year, but next year he makes 7.2. And just saying how, and that's one thing I've been thinking about. I was like, man. I know. It, I was going to say, did they quote you on this? I know, right? And look, <laughs> I, come to find out, they, 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 these services will be accrued in the MLB. So it's not like, oh, you, we still got you another year. No, no, no. This is, that year is gone. Gone, right. So now, we're, and now in this, in a year of trying to see what, what the Bryce is going to have, dude, Yasmani Grandel is not a young man. I mean, if you look at how, as a catcher, after the season, people were kind of looking at there may be a precipitous drop of him. This is one of those things. And again, this isn't the most serious thing in the world. Right. There are much more serious things going on. But being where this is supposed to be the coming back out party for our beloved team, Kind of lets me down because um, right now I was supposed to be like knee deep in White Sox baseball, man. Hey, look, yeah, I was going to be – and, and it, look, I don't even know. We don't even know what's going to happen. Well, I guess it's going to happen sooner or later. 
uh, with Marquis because it was like, hey, we, we may as well stop negotiating. Y'all ain't got nothing off us, oh, right? Oh, yeah, that's true. Where's Marquis at, bro? <laughs> like, that's true. All those people that came to work at that station, I mean, just think Does about it. jobs? Some of them, I'm sure some of the main people may still have jobs, but I'm sure they probably furloughed some people because they're not Cameron, running Cubs games. Cameron yeah. Uh, all yes. kinda, yeah, yeah, I agree with All you. those grips, whatever you, all yeah. producers, Producer. like, they don't need them right now. How about this? The talent. Now, again, but they I'm sure they signed those. They got their money anyway due to their contracts. They signed at least for this year or they maybe they can furlough. I don't know. But just still like to know that there's that whole thing at the beginning prior to the baseball season spring training was, well, when are Comcast and the Cubs going to come or Marquee going to come to some type of agreement? And the reason you haven't heard anything because it doesn't even make sense for them to even come to an agreement because why am I going to give you anything right now when I have nothing to air? Right. I yeah. mean, it's kind of like, how do you have a network, a sports network dedicated to a particular sport or team mm. and there is no sport? Mm -hmm. Like, what do you do? Are they just, I mean, I don't have, I could probably get it through direct TV, but I don't know if that, I don't know if it actually started. I think the whole thing was going to be like, oh yeah, we're going to start showing well, it, it started. everywhere. I it, it started. So I could, it so I could probably, I could probably watch it. I, you know, I need to do yeah, this. I, I, need to, so. I need to figure out exactly what's, yeah. what it is it, showing. It, it definitely started. I'm sure they play old Cubs games. Yeah. Um, any Cubs yeah. like material. Yeah, I'm sure they're running through those old, old I mean, Cubs maybe games. just baseball, too, if they have any MLB license. I wonder, now, wasn't Ryan Dempsey, Ryan Dempsey supposed to have a show on there? I think so. Yeah, I wonder, I if, it's, so. I wonder if, it's, if it's running, or I don't know if it was what time it's supposed to run. Maybe later in the year, I wonder if it was supposed to run. I wouldn't but be I, paying I wonder. him nothing. I, no, you mean, what show? What show, Ryan? No, not, not you, Ryan, but the other Ryan. Like, what are you, well, I'm not paying you anything. <laughs> oh, me? <laughs> like, I'm not paying you anything. Why am I having a show? Like, no, homeboy, we're going to show these old 1986 Cubs versus the, versus uh, Milwaukee. No, no, Milwaukee was in uh, the American League then. I don't, Cincinnati Reds, I don't know. I'm going to show you, I'm showing something. I ain't about to pay nobody to do that. I wonder, but that's a good, that's a question, though. I'm looking forward now. I know we got to wrap up and go to the next segment, but looking forward like a lot of these contracts like contracts nowadays and you all talked about this with the um y'all know uh, you can you and tony talked about this with warren buffett and the, and the pandemic insurance mm -hmm. what a contract's gonna look like now he's like mm -hmm. hey but if we have enough pandemic yes, i'm man. not paying you you know yeah, what I'm saying? You, you you damn it listen i wonder the funny thing is now and eric reed real quick before we got out here remember eric reed came out and was like they changed the language in the the, the contract the cba yeah. Yeah. now i wonder if the nfl tries to go back and be like let's put this pandemic stuff in there or if, the, if they're too oh, late they, now that's what i was about to say i'm sure the players should be like no 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 that deal is done and you done. are stuck but also i want but the television contracts haven't gone through yet those tv companies are going to be like if this happens we're not paying you nothing yeah, very true. Mm -hmm. All right, well, come on back, take a break, come back and talk about the new look Chicago Bulls, all right? Dean Davis Show. What's up, everybody? It's Cameron Smith from CBS2 Chicago. You're listening to the Dean Davis Show. So I mentioned on a call, you know, that uh, we had a conversation and, um, and you know, at the end of the day, we parted ways with, uh, with Gar. Um, you know, he's been here for a long time, but, Again, I evaluated uh, this particular move. Uh, in terms of, uh, you know, adding JJ, uh, Polk, and uh, Pat Conley, those were the hires that I wanted to make it quick. Um, uh, those hires will help me right away to establish uh, uh, some trust. Uh, there's also a lot of talented uh, people uh, on the staff right now, which already established, and I know uh, some of them, uh, personally, 
and uh, we are ready to get to work. Uh, we're going to evaluate our scouting department and what we need to add, where are the blind spots. Uh, so, you know, the, the work already started. Uh, and, uh, you know, next move is obviously to find a general manager for this team. And, uh, you know, I'm going to have a, uh, extensive and diverse uh, uh, process and uh, you know I've mentioned also on a call before that I have advantage uh, over Michael when he was uh, you know making uh, 200 calls and he doesn't know uh, people who he's talking to and I mean I've been in this you know profession for a long time and most of the guys that are on the list uh, that I know personally I've known them for a long time uh, from scouting games, from go to dinners, from you know interaction, so it's it's uh, it's a little bit going to be easier for me. I know exactly the criteria I'm looking for. It's going to be complementary for me and my skill set, and that's how I like to build uh, the front office. Uh, you know, I don't I don't want clones. I want somebody that's going to bring something different to organization. So those kind of uh, things I pay attention to. Dear Davis, the show, segment two, it's a Bulls segment. Uh, I guess it's happy, happy day for the Bulls. Um, just for anybody who doesn't know, uh, former general manager of the Denver Nuggets, Arturis Karnisovas. I would say Karnisovas or Karnisovas. I say Karnisovas. All right. I'm going to do what <laughs> Casey did. All right. I, I respect that man. He's, he, he's from a good high school out there in Evanston. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, Arturo Karnisovas has been named the executive vice president of the Chicago Bulls. He has a press conference. He had a one-on-one -on -one with Casey Johnson of NBC Source Chicago discussing it. It was about 15 minutes. It was, it was pretty good. Uh, in that, he detailed that one, and his general manager and everyone else that he's going to bring in, he's not looking for clones. He's looking for people that are different and that can cover up any weaknesses. And I'm surmising but can cover up any weaknesses that he has, which is definitely good to know. He's not just looking for yes people. Uh, everything we've heard about him is he's a no-nonsense guy. He, he he came out and said him and Gar Foreman, uh, the former Bulls general manager, didn't see – weren't necessarily simpatico with their processes. Right. And so he relieved him. And philosophies. Yeah, yeah, he relieved philosophies. him. He really – like winning and not snitching and being a right. rat. <laughs> and not looking like Beaker. He was like, you the yeah. Beaker looking but uh, <laughs> I'm sorry if anybody knows the Muppets, you know me. <sighs> but uh, so listen, it was definitely good to see. Um, the Bulls have kicked me in my teeth mm. enough that I still want to take a wait and see approach, even though Michael Reinsdorf, from all that we've heard, has done a terrific job. I do like, I said, my sister, when it comes to artists. What's up? I, I do like his confidence. Uh, when he pointed yeah. out, one thing that he said when he's talking to Casey, is that, you know, it's different from Michael Reinsdorf, who is calling 200 people and he doesn't really know them. You know, for my process, when I'm going to look to fill out my, uh, my, my cabinet and the executives or whatever, general manager, so, forth, so on and so forth, and coaches, he said, you know, I have relationships. I've been in these gyms. I know all of these people. And just like, and even this, John Paxton was doing radio before he did this job. Yeah. Like we are the city and this isn't a bulls thing. And some teams have changed. Like you see the Blackhawks did when they, they brought in Joe Quinville, you know, like a guy that was already a preeminent great uh, hockey guy. You know what I'm saying? When you, when you, so they, they didn't do, yeah. But, Cubs with Theo. Yeah. Cubs with Theo. It comes with Joe Madden. 
You know what I'm saying? Even though the Cubs, for the most part, you can't say they didn't do uh, they didn't do uh, a, a manager that had no experience. You can go from from Dusty to uh, Lou Pinella. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like there was a couple, but you, for the most part, they 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 spend the money when it comes to that or whatsoever. Uh, one thing I didn't like to hear that I was and I'm going to turn it over you, D, um, was the fact that when the Reinsdorfs heard about how much it would cost for Sam Presti or uh, UC Majari to perhaps come over to this franchise if the price tag was too high. And to me, that thought process is so stupid. Because if you're saying, like, let's just say general managers get paid 4 to $5 million a year, right? Mm-hmm. If I got to put six on there, right? If I got to spend an extra $6 million, but this person from the top will affect all of this whole franchise probably more than outside of any just having a great superstar, you put the extra five on it. I'm a billionaire. Like, dude, there's some things that when you have money, or even if you slightly don't, you spend a little extra on. When it's someone that can can greatly change the trajectory of your franchise, you put you put a few more dollars on that dog. You don't you don't cheap and again I'm not I'm not, I'm not saying that Arturus Arturus uh, won't be that guy from the, from the beginning. It definitely seems like it, but it's still early in the process. And the question will always be: uh, Seems like he's going to build through the draft, which we know you we have to. We always talk about that here. The mm-hmm. free agents won't come here. You definitely have to build through the draft. But still, when when it's time for that paycheck, when it's time to get that coach, like for instance, probably his coach may be a guy that hasn't had this job before. But what if he wanted someone who had had this job before, right? Mm-hmm. Like he he wants a guy that's. What if he could get pop? Let's just say pop. Pop was like, you know what? I like Chicago. I like you know beef sandwiches and deep dish pizza. Let me come up there, or whatever. But pop's like, look, I'm gonna need about eleven, yeah. right? And. Pop deserves about a look. He deserves what Phil was getting, or it, with inflation, actually higher than what Phil was getting at the end with the Lakers, right? Correct. So, like, so uh, if you tell me you can get Pop and you don't think it's worth, dog, the fact, and this is my last thing because I'm going on a rant. When I see the last dance, the, 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 the Bulls doctors coming on ESPN of starting this Sunday night, and I think about, and I remember thinking back then, most of us thought, why? Are, and I swear one time Jerry Ronsdorf said he made a mistake choosing. Uh, Jerry Crossover, Phil Ryan. So I, I swear I remember an interview him saying that one time, right? But why was it even close that you had at that time the greatest coach in the NBA and y'all were, you was going to let him just walk? The fact that the Bulls didn't lose the championship and they was just like, this is last year, is the, the hubris. It lets you know why people are punished and cursed and why our team sucked for this long outside of D. Rose. The hubris to do that is just mind-blowing. Well, it goes to the point of their philosophy with coaching in the front office. They just looked at management. And I think for a very long time, Jerry Reinsdorf didn't look at these guys, look at management and it's in the same kind of like, I mean, it was the same organization that said the management helps win championships too. I don't know. I think there was Krause while we, money came from Reinsdorf too. I don't know. They just had that kind of, that kind of uh, philosophy. And then you see somebody like a Phil Jackson who wasn't a part of that philosophy, who at least didn't vibe with that philosophy. What did it do? They got rid of him. So that's the reason why it's, I mean, Chicago Bulls have been kind of like in the wilderness for like over 20-something years besides getting lucky and drafting Chicago very own Derrick Rose. and kind of peaked out for a second, but what happened? They rushed their asses back, right back into the Enchanted Forest. And, yeah, and they trying to figure out how to get the hell up out of there. But uh, <laughs> oh, what's, up, what's up, Ryan? You know, well, I was going to ask, Casey Johnson reported, and I want to know what you guys thought, that he believes personally that 
if John Paxson didn't say he was going to step down, he would continue to be head of basketball operations. Oh, absolutely. And I, absolutely. And really all Michael would have done was expand it. He would have kept him as head of basketball operations, but he would have expanded the front office. Now think wow. about this. Now think about this. Now, if that would have happened, then you wouldn't have been able to get somebody like AK come in who has right. the who has the cachet around the league, who has the international scouting that he has upstairs in his mind already, who who can come in and see like, yeah, this isn't working, this isn't working. Let me go ahead and get it out the way. So you wouldn't you would have had to bring in somebody who what would have been a yes man to John Paxson. And then you see what happens from the top, from the political world to the everyday life holder in a, in, a, in, a, in a house to your sports franchise. If you don't have a solid, competent, smart front office leadership, it doesn't, it, it affects everything down below it. To Ken's point, talking about how, yeah, you do put an extra $2 million if you can get your Sean Jerry to come on over. Why? That extra $2 million is probably going to, on the back end, your ROI going to get you about two to $300 million. Exactly. You want to you invest in people because they're going to make you, and we're talking about money, more rich. But your franchise is going to be, your franchise is going to be uh, more popular. It's going to win more. It's going to be a winning franchise, right? So, but, but to, to, to talk about AK and this, uh, him officially being uh, the VP, right? VP of basketball operations. Listen, it's a good move, man. Um, he knows, I believe, I believe the one thing that really jumped out to me is the fact I think he understands today's game mm-hmm. and he understands scouting and he understands international scouting. To be able to get Yurkovich, uh, I'm about to say Yurkovich, uh, yeah, Djokovic, uh, in the second round in like the number 40 something pick, mm-hmm. this dude is, was, was probably this season going to be up for MVP, at least top, top five. five. Least top, exactly, at least top five. And, that's a, and that was a 40-some 40, 40 uh, round pick. So a 40 pick in the second round. So just the simple fact of him being able to understand the international game. And also, too, listen, he gave a lot of praise to a lot of the guys that's already on the team. Kobe, Zach, Wendell, Laurie. Yeah, he, in, in the interview that I heard with uh, Malia Hall on 670 Score, he understands those pieces. But the one thing he did, it did come across was like, okay, yeah, you don't have to be like the greatest hooper of all time. Can I implement your style into what I have to make this team win? And mm-hmm. that's what I like. You don't have to be an all – Five two player all the time to be able to cultivate wins. It's it's exciting to see, but how can you cultivate winning? And that's the one thing I like about him him understanding that, and also to getting rid of uh, Gar for him. It, it 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 his his, his presence alone on this in this franchise has drove away so many people. And the simple fact that him getting and listen, Ken, this is someone coming from the outside in, which usually doesn't happen. So I know, I know there's talks around the league like the hell he doing. You got this go. was the dude, this was akin to I don't know if it was Iron Man or Cuban Links, only built for Cuban Links. Mm-hmm. But this is when Goldface is like, go ahead, go ahead, man, go ahead. Let go, go ahead and die. Go ahead. Right? He's like, take, take this, take this, take this. Right? Like, because it's like, he slid a stone. He's like, let, let it go. Let, just let it go. And it was like, it, it's exactly what you said and it's how I felt. It was like around these circles. They was like, hey, you know, the first thing you got to do is get, get Beaker up out of there because yeah. he ain't stabbing you in your back. Right, it was like it was a dude. It was like I'm I heard sure the, about him. I'm sure the first thing he did when he walked up in and like, what guard? Hey, guard. Yeah. Go. 
Hey, you homeboy, you right there? You right there? Mm-mm. Gotta go. <laughs> you know, gotta go. You got to go. I Pax, listen, and also too, and this is what I said before, I will give Pax at least a, some credit. You got really? The heel is really? the heel. No, no, you the, don't. Wait a minute, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Ken, Ken, this is my point. This, is my, I say, this is my point. I say you give, give him at least a little bit of credit as to he knew his time was up. And really? He came, he, eight years too late? He knew? It's I'm not, not saying, his job to fire himself. I'm not saying. Uh, listen, that's you, not his fault. I thought, well, well, he, I thought you, he loved he, the Bulls. I thought he, everybody, real quick. Did, I'm going to let you, I'm gonna let you rock, D. I'm going to let you rock, D. Well, what? I thought, this is what they keep telling us. And they said this. Yeah, Man, yeah. look how much he loved the Bulls. He did. The, if he loved the Bulls, he should have known five years ago it was time to relinquish his, I agree. his time. And listen, we said this last year. Dude, he knew. Since he went on the score and him and Parkins got into it, mm. that dude, to me, still. That's about two years know, ago? Yeah, it's about two years ago. Maybe maybe you're not about two years ago. Yeah, but this, years ago. Yeah. Still to this day, modern day, like we don't get a lot. People are PI, PR savvy now. Mm-hmm. So we don't get those 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 behind the mask scenes from front management, I mean, from front office, like you used to back in the days. You know how they play, um, what's what's the names that used to be the Cubs uh, skipper and the Orioles skipper? Um, I can't remember. Lee Mazzilla, I think. But he used to curse all the time. The point I'm just trying to make. Like, you'll sometimes hear uh, him, they'll have old tapes of that. Or like when you see like Dick uh, get into it with, um, um, I'm, I'm I'm sorry today. I'm on a real blanky day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I am. I'm, I'm blanking out. What's the Bears receiver? Johnny Morrison. So when you see like Dick and Johnny Morrison in in, in all the post game talk sitting next to each other, remember they were teammates. And Dick was kind of just mad at, at, at Johnny Morrison or, or whatever. Like we don't get to see that. That was for for today's. Name me another GM, a front office person who showed their ass like John Paxton did in that interview. Oh, you rarely get anything. The, the, the whole mask got ripped off. And at that point, he had to – listen, I, t- I tweeted out that day for his own health. Uh, and I wasn't joking or being facetious. He needs to let this go. I agree with you 100%. I think it's, it's I think a lot of Chicago Bulls fans, at least fans of the NBA, could probably in that follow Chicago Bulls, they should understand, like, listen, the game itself, the times itself, you can't be going around hemming up your coaches. Yeah, I think he did like two of them there, back to back. That just does not work. His philosophy, his way of thinking. One, no. He hemmed yes. up one. Oh, just one? I thought he got a two with two. No, he got a two. Him and Scow's relationship. It's the fracture. I think him and Scow started to fracture, but he touched Vinny. Okay, Vinny's right. the only one he touched. Okay, all right. He's the only one he hemmed him up in a, in a, yeah. by a time. That lets you know he thought he, he, thought he was a hoe. And, all, and, also, he was a hoe. <laughs> and also, too, the reason why that he probably stayed around a little bit longer because, listen, they got lucky. They was able to draft Derrick Rose, mm-hmm. and they they did do some good drafting. They did draft Joe mm-hmm. Kim Noah. They did mm-hmm. draft Todd Gibson. They did Jimmy draft Claude Right. So, at least in his mind, he's thinking like, okay, I'm getting these guys. It's not working, so let me do something. And I think eventually now, like I say, I give him a little credit, not a lot of credit, but a little credit. He at least came to the, at least came to Michael Reinsdorf and probably Jerry Reinsdorf. Like, listen, man, I just can't do it. And the simple fact of, he could have been like, hey, man, listen, I'm still going to do this, but I'm just saying y'all need to get Gar up out of here and get somebody up under me. He could have did that, but he's like, nah, like, I'm I'm done. I'm done. And he and he it seems as if he walked away. Now, from all from my understanding, now one thing I did not understand, two things. One, why don't they just make his ass a team ambassador? Why are you well, trying to kids, why you, no, no. Oh, oh, you can't you be up here, D. You no, can't no, no, be up no, here no. and do team ambassador, D. Listen, he ran the franchise, yeah. D. He could he not a, he not a he's not a mascot, D. 
Listen, like yeah. pull off Scotty. <laughs> Like, you know, he's pull out horse. Pull out horse. Who's he ambassading to? Wait a minute. Hold Nobody he, cares about him. Well, he Ooh, that's a good point. He's ambassading he's ambassador the team. But my whole thing is, AK's not listening to him. <laughs> wait, wait, D, real quick. He's revisit, not listening revisit, to revisit, him. Revisit what Brian just said real quick. Who was he ambassador? Uh, and again, because as an ambassador, you're supposed to ingratiate yourself with people that want you to be ingratiated oh. by you. <laughs> Is like bring Pass over right. to the party. Like where? Like damn it! Oh, yeah, so, that makes sense. So, yeah, so he can go around and people can criticize him all the time. Like you was really messing up when you was like, nah. boy, you're lucky you hit that shot. When you posted that on Twitter, when you, you posted really that on, messed yeah, up. when you posted that on Twitter, I was like, nah, dude. <laughs> I was like, nah. No, nah, no my, my whole nah. thing, my whole thing is simple fact of if he if he's not in, if he's not a part of organization to. To to lend any kind of credence, <laughs> AK is not listening to him. He's still gonna get, but he's still gonna have the ear of the Reinsdorfs. But when, but AK, AK, I think he's even said how he he says he's important. Use he said he's been there. For, he he's will. been there since eighty. He's been there since eighty five. He sees the and, importance of having right. somebody that's been in the in the uh, in I, management with the team. He seems I, like a guy because he's asking for all these great minds to come around. He's not going to be threatened by Paxson. He's just yeah, going to he use him for what oh, he wants. Oh, yeah. listen. Also, too, he would have took the job if he if he thought that he would t- he would kick him up, oh, yeah. throw him up under the bus. I'm mm. sure. That, but that's my that's the only thing I'm trying to say is, AK Arturis has full reign of this organization. He does. It's cool that he it's cool that he'll say like, yeah, I talked to Pax. You know what I'm saying? He's been around a long time. You know what I'm saying? He's an old vet of the city and organization. But I ain't listening to nothing he got to say about basketball. So what the hell? I, I, that was my only thing. That was my what, only thing. One thing that I did see in the Also, articles, why, is, why is Gar Foreman releasing uh, statements? Eh, that's another thing, too. But go ahead. Jim, Gar Foreman or Jim Boylan? No, Garfo. Oh, Jim. I mean, Jim, Bo- Jim Boylan. Jim Boylan. Okay, yeah, why, yeah. why are you talking? Why are you talking? He's trying to keep him. He's grandstanding, D. He's grandstanding. Please, son. They told me to do it that way. He, he stabbed Fred Please, on the way sir. out. He stabbed Fred on the way out, and then get in. He gonna talk about we ain't working hard enough, and then if somebody, so somebody do something. It's like, well, you know, it's it's all right. They still Listen, learning. What the hell are you doing? Art of almost. Art of almost said that during his his, his conversation with KC, and he was talking about the players. Arturus, thank you. Arturus was saying that, you know, the players, you know, they've uh, they've had some good performances, but and, and you could tell he's editing himself mm-hmm. not to throw shade on the former regime as far as, you know, they just didn't get enough out of these dudes or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So it was definitely interesting uh, to see him say that. But see, this is my thing before, Ryan, you, jo- you, you join in. It still makes me very upset with the Reinsdorf that they don't care about their fan base and that they're worried about How's relationships. Up? Because John Paxson was messing up, like that's just the truth. Big time. And like and, they don't and, and, understand and, and, basketball. They don't. No, understand it's not. Basketball. No, no. You understand wins and lo- that. Listen, yeah. just because you don't understand basketball, you still understand. The only thing that changed really was they went from being first in, in uh, sellouts to being tenth. Basically, in attendance is what I mean to say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that, when you start seeing that, it's starting to be like, because Pax was covered up from Jordan's legacy of having the making us being lemmings going to the UC, even when they were bad. Mm-hmm. And so when they looked at the numbers, you couldn't, it didn't blow back what Pax was doing because it's like, they still coming. The business model is working, right? But the fact that you don't care about your fan base and you let it get ran down to this point, and this has been happening for a decade, you know, we like even going back to when Derek was here. That yeah, so, two decades. LeBron and them was talking about coming here, but guess what? They didn't. So you never even proved that you can get a player in their prime 
all right, or entering their prime to decide to trust you with their legacy, right? And that's, to me, on top, like you have these great fans and Chicago Bulls fans, and you let someone who he learned on the job, sometimes he hit, but he wasn't great at the job. And after really a 10-year run of not being great at the job, it's okay to start looking around for somebody else. And listen, they had a streak of what, uh, 10 years in the playoffs uh, out of 11 seasons or whatever, but what, they only went past the first round once? I mean, it gets like media. We, 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 we basically because of a span of, and this is the crazy point, for the span of, what was it, three to four, about four years when Krause, because Krause, this is what got Kyle Krause up. Cross tried to do a sneaky rebuild uh, or a sneaky another rebuild on the flip. So first he's like, yeah, I got Elton Brand. I got uh, Ron Artest, Metta World Peace now. You know, Brennan Brand and Brad Miller. Jamal right? Crawford. Like, yeah, no, Jamal Crawford was there. Already. I mean, he had Jamal. He, he, he Actually, he had Jamal Crawford. That's, I'm talking about the, the players that he was looking at as being the pillars of what he was doing. You know what I'm saying? So he had that. And then when that kind of petered out, and I'll give Jerry props, though. Jerry was like, you know what? This, they can be all right. But Jerry wanted to get back to that title. So Jerry was like, I'm going to flip these kids and I'm going to go to Twin Toddlers, which you knew was going to take a long time. And I mean, uh, that's Eddie Curry and Tyson Chandler. He uh, traded uh, draft picks to get, he drafted Tyson and traded uh, to get uh, Eddie. And when he did that, I was like, okay, I kind of like that or whatever. Uh, but this is when kids were the, the, the middle part of kids coming straight in from high school. Mm-hmm. They didn't have the, the, the proper foundation around those two players. It's probably a lot to ask for two players from high school to grow. But when he did that, that's what I always believe kind of made Jerry mad and was like, nah, you know what? This You told me this one rebuild. First of all, you told me if we got rid of feeling them guys, you could fix all of this and get us back. Right? That's what that you man. initially... And then, yeah. And, but, you, but listen, you, and that, but that guy won six titles for you. So you and you you gave him after winning titles, you gave him like four to five years. Dog, you've given Paxson seventeen years. Like just because you have an affinity for him, if he and this is my last part, if he's truly your friend, he and you're telling me now I should give him props for stepping away when he should have been stepped away if he was my friend. I will help. I will hope if I have a a, a business running well, D, and you were working in that business, mm-hmm. helping, doing whatever, and at one point you you stopped being uh, uh, someone who was benefiting. Asset. Thank you, a viable asset, right? That yeah, okay, you've been here two or three years, but damn, they got a fourth year. Could you? I don't want to fire you, but could you please just escort yourself out? <laughs> we're, we're, you know, we'll set the terms or whatever. But if you're my friend, do what's right by me. That's what friends are supposed to do. That's true, Ryan. What do you What do you think? I'm kind of I'm kind of with you, D, a little bit that Pax deserves a little credit. I, I don't necessarily disagree with anything you're saying, Ken, because I mm-hmm. totally get where you're coming from. Totally come, totally get it. I, I think I guess how it boils down to me because I had the same thought, Ken. Like the Bulls ownership really just doesn't care about their fans. Mm-hmm. And when I heard today that they would have kept John Paxson on as head of basketball operation, because part of me through this whole thing thought. This was kind of like a firing without labeling a firing. Mm-hmm. We'll keep you on, just let you do your thing, but you're out of the way. We Obviously, time has passed you by, John, but they were going to keep going with it. Like, John, like you said, Ken, supposedly he loves the Bulls. Let's assume for a second he does. It, I'm sure it was very hard for him to be like, man, I don't want to fail at this job. Mm-hmm. But eventually he did say to himself, I can't do this. Jerry and the Ryan source would have just kept giving him year after year after year until he died to before they would have given another person in there. That's really not caring about your fans. Like, John, I get it. That's a hard decision to walk away from your dream job. But to just, like, 
ownership not even take it out of your hands. Like, they should have took him out to pasture. That's Ooh. what they should have done a long oh, yeah. time oh, they ago. Sh- they should have fired him a long time ago. They should, he, listen, yes, he lucked up. Yes, the franchise did luck up into Derrick Rose, and they did have the run. But how many times did we show, say, say Ken, years ago when we was doing the show, doing the show down at the uh, ICB? Dude, I don't need to blow this up. Yep. Notice yeah. up now. There is no, there is no point to keep going through this. Mm-hmm. You know what's going to happen. All right, cool. Y'all make it to the playoffs. What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. You, you're not going to win. Blow it up. Blow it up. But what did they do? They double down. They double down. They double down. They double down. And that was, and you know, what was, and, and, and to their eyes, and to the rhyme so fast, I'm guessing they kept making the playoffs, and they'd be the eighth seed, maybe the seventh seed, and this tennis was still up. Right. So they figured, like, all right, cool. He must be doing something. To your point, Ken, they not really caring. They're not, they're not caring about okay. winning. They're just caring about, okay, the status quo is fine. Everything is okay. And let's be loyal. Let's be so let's loyal be lo- and loyal. And you know oh. the Ryan's also are super, super loyal. They but are not loyal, loyal to your fans, not loyal to them spending point, all that Ryan. money. Good point, Ryan. And then think about the type of budgets that these – like, you go to the Bulls game, these aren't rich people. Yeah, I'm not talking about people sitting down oh, at the bottom. Oh, no, like, man. people are spending – like, people love the Bulls so much, they will spend $250 to take two of their kids, and they are on a, a shoestring budget. But yeah. this is my last point, too, about the Pats thing. And, I, I mean, I get you guys – I get you guys' premise, and it's unfortunate we have to give him props. Paxton has always been looked at as being someone that is very honorable, of a type of real honorable dude. But if you're a real honorable dude, you don't lay up under, I, I can't get, they're not going to fire me. You, if you're an honorable dude, you look in the mirror and be like, you know what? Dude, this ain't for me, especially with the amount of money that he had probably made up. Clearly, he's made more money doing this than he did as a player. And Absolutely. then point out to the team, too. Dog, we're talking about, like, what, the fifth most important player through the first three? I know. Like, it's like it, always with that them. shot. That yeah, was like but- it. It's always with them. There's no humbling to, yeah, because Jordan wants to look at you eye to eye like a man because I'm the reason these turnstiles are turning. And you don't like that, right? No, you're my employee. Yeah, but nobody was coming before I start. I lit this bad boy up. You know what I'm saying? You can say the same about Pippen. But you, and again, now I'm not saying that those guys didn't do the due diligence as perhaps you need to do so you can do that. But it, uh, he was doing radio. He didn't even go and work for Jerry. BJ went to do that. Right. If he, I don't even know if this was his dream well, You just said his dream job. I don't even know if this was his dream job because at first he was Phil's assistant coach. Yeah. So it's just like. He, Maybe he knew that was the faster route. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, right. I mean, they, pl- they plucked him off the They plucked him off the broadcast. They did, they did a Robin like, Oh, yeah. You're going to be the they, GM. They did a Robin Ventura. One thing, like, yeah. Robin Ventura yeah. was just walking around the facility yeah. and saying, yeah. hey, you. You want me to manage him? like... <laughs> Okay. There's a whistle, Ken. And, and, and then you had BJ, and then BJ, you had BJ Armstrong on the background, on the backside. Like, man, what about me? Yeah, he right. was actually he was the assistant to Jerry Krause, training for a job. All right, so let's get back to AK, and and, and he's now the uh, say it one more time for me. Artuis, 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 Cornish, 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 Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get his name right. Artuis, AKA, AKA, AKA. There you go. So. Uh, now it's going to be some names that have been leaked out, or at least some lists of the candidates for the for the general manager general manager position. This is coming from the Chicago Sun Times Joe Cali article. Uh, we have multiple outlets have listed them, led by uh, Mark. Uh, is it Ursley? Ur- Ursley from Philadelphia. Ursley. Ursley. Thank you. Yeah. Philadelphia 76ers. Chicago's very own. Uh, well, suburbs. Uh, Michael Finley from the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Mark Hughes from the LA Clippers. Troy Re- Weaver from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Calvin Booth, who 
probably has an inside track because uh, AK was at uh, Denver Nuggets and Matt Lloyd of the Orlando Magic. Uh, Who used to be here with the Bulls. Used to be here for the Bulls, too, exactly. So, um, and listen. And, and I wouldn't discount BJ necessarily either. No, See, he's we, not coming. We're going to talk about that. We're going to do that the next. You're going to do that later. You're yeah, do that later. Yeah. But I say Save that, that one. <laughs> yes. Yeah, say that, say that, say that idea, um, Ryan. But hell to the no. <laughs> so, so what do you all think? We got somebody coming from the 76ers that the process hasn't fully always panned out, but you were able to get some stars there. Michael Finley, like, like I say, a hometown kid, Dallas Mavericks, uh, with the team that they built up right now over the past couple of years, that's definitely a good look for them. I brought the LA Clippers. Ken, you say you didn't like it because of the fact that Doc Rivers was the GM and you really didn't want anything out there from uh, the Clippers. OKC has always been competitive for a lot of years in a very small market. Denver, Small market, like I said, uh, Calvin Booth has an inside market, and Matt Lloyd from Orlando. And the biggest thing that's jumping out to me, besides Philadelphia, maybe because the Clippers are kind of like a secondary team in LA. These are all small market teams, and you have to treat. Unfortunately, you have to treat the the NBA team in the third largest city in the world. I mean, in the, in the United States, as a small market team because you can't draw in free agents. So it look at so in my opinion, it's like AK is trying to go after somebody who can kind of build build a new culture it has to start off small but maybe eventually be able to get those big fish in and you won't have to think like a small town market Go ahead, Ryan. uh i was gonna say my favorite out of there right now just tentatively without really doing a ton of research is michael finley okay and part of that is i think karnashovas said this that he wants the gm to be a really strong player relationship guy I think he sees a weakness in himself that he's not going to be able to really, I think, brand himself with free agents here in America. I don't think they're going to look at him quite the same. So I think he's going to try to find somebody that players might be drawn to at this GM position. And a guy like Michael Finley, ex-NBA player, Mm -hmm. I think he maybe holds a little bit more than just a guy that's like, you know, an assistant GM somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's personally, man. Calvin Calvin Booth, too, former NBA player. Yeah, that's another good one too. Did Calvin, Booth, did Calvin Booth have like a couple soup with the Bulls? I want to say he did. Like when he was, yeah, did they draft? Did they draft him? I think. How did they draft him? But I think he did play it, Ken. I look. Yeah, let's look it up. Yeah, I want to say that. Check. Which I don't. Which to me does not benefit you whatsoever with getting the job. Uh, you know what? With the guys that you, I, I guess Easterly would be definitely one of the guys I would look to. But I now this, I'm just gonna be biased with this one. Yeah, go for it. Uh, at one point, Jerry Krause, former Bulls general manager, would not draft local players. Right. He didn't. He, didn't, he thought it was bad for them to be basically around their friends and family, and it w- w- wouldn't be productive. So then this he was like. Did it. Then he finally did it with, and he chose he, the wrong one. Yeah. Even though it was, a, I, I looked at, it, I, I reposted it, and I said I was like maybe a few months old. It's a really good Players Tribune. Uh, oh, that Eddie, was Eddie Curry. Eddie Curry. Very good. Really, really good. Yeah. But um, and I've always kind of liked Eddie. But anyway, but Michael Finley was one of the guys that that really kind of snake bit the Bulls. Where it was like, wait, y'all did draft Mike Finley, and he became a better player with the Mavericks than people expected. I mean, in all fairness, it was it was Dirk Mike Finley then Steve Nash. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, really, yeah, when yeah. it was there, and so a Maywood product is close enough to the city we should consider yeah. him. Shut up, the city. 
Yes. Uh, I can remember him playing Jordan in his jerry curl and Jordan in some like patent leather shoes mm-hmm. uh, at one point. But uh, I would kind of like to see Mike Finley. because. And another thing, get to the BJ thing. Uh, you know, BJ hasn't been doing his job, been doing that type of job for over, almost two decades. This is something that Mike Finley was doing. And Mike Finley actually was in, when you look at uh, Donnie. Um, Donnie Walsh. Donnie Walsh. Not Donnie Walsh. No, Donnie Nelson. Donnie Nelson. Don Nelson's son, when you look at Don Nelson's son who runs the Mavericks, they've been a a real um, forward-looking team for a long time and also going with international players. So it may be a good fit to bring a Mike Finley in. And I'll say this, too. We don't even know because you look at, like, the Conleys in the Denver and him, the brother was executive VP, uh, that he's brought the other brother with him and how they did the job. Pat Conley, he kind of played, Artisovas kind of played the back. I would be interested in who's the front-facing person here. Because you look at Theo and Jed, uh. Theo kind of, it's both of them, but you still look at Theo. Is he going to kind of play the, the Spengali in the background and allow the GM to be most the more forward-facing forward person, or will they be doing it as a tandem? I wonder how he's going to go about doing that. Mm, that's a good point. I would think he, I, for some odd reason, at least for me, it seems as if he's going to be kind of, kind of guy, the kind of guy is going to be playing out in the back. He doesn't. I mean. Mike Finley isn't. I mean, he's a personal guy from all accounts. Looking at him in the media, but he's not like a very, like a very gregarious. Uh, yeah, he's not that kind of dude either. So I don't know. It would be interesting to kind of see if he does hire somebody who might have that kind of like public persona, who uh, obviously is running a team in the general manager position, but has a more public persona. And he's kind of like in the back. That's a very interesting point. I'm, I'm I'm curious to see what he does there too. AK is uh, pretty well spoken though, so I wouldn't be surprised if because that's been his kind of like the the thought he was very behind the scenes so he's not going to be very in front of the camera mm-hmm. he might actually really grow and develop in that area because he talks pretty well i would say so far oh he does just oh, getting yeah. one interview you said that like he was a black person like that he speaks well <laughs> oh my goodness the boy can no, talk this my- european <laughs> can really speak well. <laughs> another thing too i was thinking about a uh, couple of years man a couple of big names are going to be free agents Giannis and uh, Joker out there in Denver. And both Chicago have very big Serbic uh, and oh, it's Lithuanian, Lithuanian and Greek populations here in the city. I'll be very, and, and also too, two international players. I'll be very interested to see how hard, hopefully by this time, the Bulls, because he said, listen, I'm, I'm going to come in and kind of really turn this a around year? In, in a quick. He said quick. I don't know. I don't know. He said Amy. quick. He need two years at least before that to really get, get them to catch on. But it, it. but it but it makes a difference. It makes a huge difference that the simple fact the foreman isn't there anymore, and now you have somebody who at least a player to so at least see like okay, you, at least you know what you're doing, and you come from an international play because this dude is a superstar, rock star back over in uh in, in Europe. I mean, he played like damn near all the all the leagues over there. So they probably yeah, so they probably look all at the him, big ones, all big ones. So I'm sure they probably look at him kind of like man, this this dude's kind of like the Godfather. So maybe he maybe that might be able to maybe that might be able to bring some of those young guys in like a Djokovic or a, um or a, a Giannis to maybe look at Chicago and. Giannis' problem to me is akin to LeBron's problem. Those cities that, how do I say this? What? Are jealous of Chicago? Real quick, real quick, Calvin Booth did not play with the Bulls. Closest was Milwaukee. Thank you. Those cities that uh, are Midwest cities and us being the jewel of the Midwest now, formerly Detroit, 
Uh, I don't think that they're key players. I don't think they want to burn the fan base with that. Like, yeah, they can understand him going to Golden State. But it's like, man, you just went down the streets of Chicago. Like, I think, like, you know, like. Shut it, the hell up, Milwaukee. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, nothing. Like, anyway, dude, nothing. If you thought Cavs fans was mad when LeBron went to the Heat, if he would have came to the Bulls. Ooh. Ooh, after what Mike did get the jersey, let's burn down the stadium. I was going to say that. How, listen, uh, boy, so I always, again, you're still right. Maybe Giannis doesn't care. I think Giannis does care about that fan base because they're basically he probably does. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I would think that in the back of your mind, it's like, if I go, let me go. And also, but still, the Bulls aren't a destination yet. But what city? Uh, but, but, but I don't know. Hopefully, AK can change that. But, but what city? But what city do you think you have a higher chance to be able to pull somebody in? That would be Chicago or Milwaukee or Denver. You're probably going to go Chicago. Oh, Chicago. But I mean, you're still going to have Golden State with money. Oh, and we've okay. already seen. Yeah, yeah, they've been yeah. whispering sweet nothings in Giannis's ear, mm-hmm. and it'll be dope if he went to Miami. Like, because at least that's not an already uh, contending team. It yeah, would be. It would because the he. Hey, he the Bulls fits. got a future again. I don't want to see them with Giannis. He fits Enough their mentality. He fits their mentality. Go to Golden State. That's fine. We'll meet you in the finals. I don't know. I th- I'd, I'd be interested to see how AK is able to maybe sway some of those some of these younger guys, younger stars. Also, too, that goes to the point of who you hire as your GM. This is going to be a very very big hire. Obviously, a big move. Hey, D, how job. about this? After you hire a GM, who's your coach? That's another thing, too. Oh, this is what I wanted to uh, wanted to say. I did see this tweet come across from uh, Joe Cowley. Uh, he tweeted, this is about 42 minutes ago, Jim Boylan's exit as Bulls coach may not be as obvious as many think. Hearing some things today, he has some big hitters in his corner still. This will be interesting. Michael Reinsdorf. More, more to investigate. Stay tuned. Michael Ransdorf likes them. Listen, AK needs to go rip them papers up right now. For like, real. I'm heading back. I can give me another job next year. You playing games. I told you I wasn't playing these type of games with y'all. You know, you know, dude don't know what he's doing. He got one year left in his deal? Or was this his last year to deal? No, no he, he got an extension. He, yeah, extension. he got an extension. He got an extension last year. Before the season started, like it happened, like in I mean, the it's summer. not that expensive. They can yeah, fire it's like, right, hey, right, yeah. right. It's not a lot of money, but one thing the Rams was like to do, they don't like to keep paying hey, out these coaches. They don't like paying out coaches, and they and they don't work for them. So, I mean, if the season was if season was to happen, which I don't think is going to happen, I can understand you letting him go ahead and finish up the season and say like, all right, deuces. But looking at that tweet and kindly, I mean, uh, Joe Cowley, man, you know, he has his ears to the organization. Real man. quick, before we go, before we so, go to our last segment, yeah, B, do you think? Next season, Jim Boylan will be the head coach of the Chicago Bulls, regardless of that tweet or not. No, Ryan. No, I don't either. Like, I don't think this man took this job. Now, I'll, I'll say this: if it's just like the shortened season, yeah, if it comes back, yeah, if it comes, yeah, I'm with oh, you. I think there's a shot of But that's why I said like next year. Yeah, not a shot, shot of that at least. I'll give right. that a maybe a 25 percent chance of happening if it's a short season. All right, come on back. We're going to wrap up the show. Dean Davis. What's up, Chicago? This is Chris Sosa from Red Eye, and you're listening to the Dean Davis Show. LeBron versus MJ. We debate that often in sports. Where are you on the greatest of all time conversation? I'm very vocal. I think LeBron is the best player that's ever played the game. 
Um, he's six foot eight, 285 pounds, runs like the wind and jumps out of the gym. And but more importantly, when he came in the league from day one, he knew how to involve his teammates to win. Uh, and that's something that Jordan had to learn for a long time. Now, if you go by championships, obviously, Michael Jordan has more championships. But I think LeBron in any generation would be doing what he's doing right now uh, all these years. And I think he, at the end of the day, I firmly believe that he's the best basketball player in the history of the game. D and Davis show. We are back. Last segment of the show. Uh, first off, man, one one of probably one of the most hated athletes in Chicago sports history. He didn't play here, but he was a rival to Chicago uh, Chicago Bulls. That would be one Mr. Bill Lambeer. Currently right now, the head coach and GM of the Las Vegas Aces in the WNBA. Yes. Won a couple of championships out there with them. I think maybe three. No, he was three, two three with two the, with Detroit. Detroit, Detroit shot. And one, right? and one, one with the L, uh, Las Vegas. So uh, accomplished, accomplished coach, uh, GM out there in the WNBA, two-time NBA champion in the, in the NBA. So obviously the man is, is it's basketball all the way through and through. But he was on First Take, ESPN's First Take with Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith and Molly. What's Molly's last name? I want to I want to say Rose. No, Kiram, Kiram Rose. Okay, all right. Uh, but Molly. Uh, but shout out to Molly. But uh, basically, uh, LeBron, uh, they asked him about the hottest, the hottest debate, obviously because I had nothing to talk about, LeBron James versus Michael Jordan. And Stephen A. said, hey, man, listen, who who do you think? Who do you think is the best of all time? He's like, listen, I've said this for you. He, he basically said, like, I said this for a, a quite a, a quite a long time now. It's LeBron James. You know, LeBron James knew how to come into the league right off the top and know how to ingratiate himself and be able to play with other players. Michael Jordan did it. Took Michael Jordan a longer time to do it. So LeBron James is coming right into the league. He knew exactly what to do. And I think he's the greatest. He said, I think he's the greatest basketball player to ever play the sport. So a part of me was like, OK, I can I can see where you're coming from. I think I always say LeBron James is Magic Johnson 2.0. Uh, he's just a super, super freak athletically, uh, but he's able to the, the cerebral side of LeBron James is just as high, if not higher than the Magic Johnson. Uh, probably not as clutch in his earlier years, but obviously he's just a freak of nature and he's just he's LeBron James. But then a little part of me, the, the South Side of Chicago. The rest Chicago. of you came yeah. out. Yeah, the rest of me was like, man, you on some BS. Let it go. We whooped y'all ass. ass. <laughs> we whooped y'all ass. Listen, 91 came, and it was never the same after that. The Chicago Bulls came in and took out the, De- took out the Detroit Pistons. They went to five Eastern Conference in a row, finals in a row, and they won two na- two uh, championships. He, he was talking about how they should have won cute. three and no. But I was like, come on, dude. They, he took y'all out. The Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, they grew up. They took y'all out, and you still holding the grudge, Ken. It's like, man, come on, let it go. I mean, there's always an argument that LeBron is the greatest basketball player ever. Mm-hmm. That's not yeah. something where it's like, what? How? What? Right. I mean, but one thing he did mention, he was like, well, if you're going by like titles, which is like, yeah, we could, that is added into this too. Yes. It means a lot. But, but also see the problem with one thing that he was doing and he was parsing his statement where he was basically like, you know, it took Michael time to be able to elevate his team. Mm-hmm. One, Michael was in, a, was in, but Michael was in a much rougher East back then. Very true. Like people forget what the, that Cavs team was supposed to beat the Bulls. Every time mm-hmm. the narrative is the, the, oh, the Bulls was better than the Cavs. Us that grew up with that Cavs team know how talented that team was mm-hmm. that the Bulls ended up beating. There were, there were four or five teams that were as good or better than the Bulls back in those days. So it wasn't as easy when you already had, and the thing about this, like in the West, basically like it was Magic coming out, one year, coming, Magic and Kareem coming out, Mm-hmm. One year you got 
uh, um, uh, Ralph Sampson and Olajuwon, and then you may have got Portland, Portland. right? But, but it was basically the the, the, the Houston uh, Houston made a Houston made a appearance. That's what I just said, Ralph yeah, Sampson. Yeah, Sampson, yeah, 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 and Olajuwon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and it's showing you that where the West was at that time, and of course Los Angeles was good. But out here, you had. Uh, you had Moses Malone and you had Dr. J. So you had the 76ers. You had the Celtics. You had uh, the, the, the Pistons. You had that Cavs team. Atlanta like, Hawks. Well, they were straight. <laughs> but they were they were good. I mean, they never put they never really put anybody next to Dominique. It's kind of similar to Ewing, where they they gave them a good three, maybe a third star, a third player. But like like Stark shouldn't have been the next player after Ewing. It should have been someone else. They never. Get, and have y'all been seeing some of the takes that uh our boy Charles Oakley was coming out saying about Ewing live late? No. He said something a week or two ago, but I saw a, a, a snippet today. Someone excerpt brother, and he was like, you know, he never really. Uh, he basically said he never put us on his back. Like if he had to take thirty shots, he wouldn't do it because he's always avoiding adversity. That's basically what he said about oh, Patrick wow. Ewing. Right? Like yeah. <laughs> I was like, when I said that, I was like, woo, you know he wish he didn't get traded to the East State with the Bulls through that run. Yeah, Michael Jordan, like, hey, man, go ahead and talk about what we talked about last night. Go right. <laughs> right. So, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just one of those, it's one of those things, man, when you sit there and go, and we said this early at the beginning of the show and when D brought up what would be really funny to see ex-athletes sit there and drink. And we were just talking about the, the, the hate. Uh, between both both parties, it's not just oh, yeah, no the, the, from the Pistons to the Knicks. I mean, from the Bulls, it's from the Bulls back at them also, and how Isaiah basically doesn't rank Scotty as high as he should be, and that's the narrative of that team. And one is because they were the big brothers that punished them and pushed them to the limits, and that was the end of their, that was the end of their run. That was in a way that was they, the end of their careers. They took them out. Yeah, it t- it took it took them out. So they're not going to be like, yeah, I got respect for them, right? Because also they looked at them as being pretty and also probably kind of using the bad boy narrative against them. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Where it's like, because in a way, the Bulls diminished the Pistons' legacy. Yeah. When you really nobody talks about that, the bad boys. As far as like, man, if you played the bad boys. Nobody talks about them in the way that they should talk about the bad boys. That was another thing that I think Stephen A. Smith did ask uh, Bill Edmund because uh, he said Isaiah Thomas never talks about them in the sense of they went to five Eastern Conference championships. They won mm-hmm. two NBA championships. But the thing is, they kind of was booked in on this Lakers-Celtics dynasty. Not booked mm-hmm. in. It was kind of in the middle. This Lakers-Celtics dynasty going back and forth. They went in championships back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Back and forth. Yeah, they was getting to the Eastern Conference Finals, but they was getting whooped by the Boston Celtics. Then they was then they was able to get to get through the Celtics, and they was able to get uh, those two championships, right? But then right after that, what happened? They were taken out by the Chicago Bulls, and the Chicago Bulls won six out of the next eight. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, six out of the next eight championships. So there's kind of like, and it's like, man, that's that's unbelievable to win back to back championships back then. Oh, back then, that was unbelievable. Remember, you nobody had, had three. Nobody had three peated since what? Uh, uh, then the Lakers were three peat then? No, the Magic never three peated. Oh, I thought he three peated. No, Pat Riley, he, he got the, he got the uh, patent for three peat. Oh, but they didn't, they, they didn't three peat that, that season. Like, they hadn't, the only True. teams that had three peated are the, the Bulls and the Lakers and like the old Celtics, Celtics. with. Yeah, those are the yeah. teams that actually won three titles in a right. row. Yeah. And you said, and as, as ben, Bill and Bear was saying, if Isaiah didn't hurt his ankle, because everybody remember that Isaiah hurt his ankle game, and then he jumped up and did the putback dunk on the bad foot 
Like he kind of even wasn't even the same. After, after that, the team started shifting a little bit because that's why Joe, Duar, Joe Dumars won the second uh, Finals MVP on that team, and also they, they moved the ball around. Yeah. But still, they kind of took. They kind of the Bulls obliterated their legacy. Like you don't hear people talk about the great teams in the NBA, and they mention a Piston team that had to go through the Celtics and the Lakers to get what they had to get. You know what I'm talk, saying? Nobody talks talk, about that. Yeah, they talk about the bad boys at the ESPN doc, which, which was amazing. It was they really know, good. Yeah, they know the bad boys, they know the name, but they don't understand how great they were. They were mm-hmm. a great, yes. great team. Also, they was taking out, they was playing against those Cleveland Cavaliers teams too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was just a different time back then. But at the same time, it's kind of like my man. It still sounds like you kind of hate no MJ. Yeah, you know, yeah, you, you know. I mean, but I mean, this is the thing. I would say if he would have been like still pointed to the greatness of Mike, then I could look at it and perhaps think he he didn't have a bias in this situation, which is okay to have a bias when yeah, you oh yeah. you at the, the top levels of something have literally fought with people like Bill and Bears is out there throwing punches for this, mm-hmm. right? And at his teammates, saying that what Isaiah Thomas like broke his hand off his head. You know what I'm saying? So if, if, if I can get that, but you come on, let's be let's be adults. Still point to the greatness of Jordan. It's, he wasn't even really giving that to a player that is considered the greatest player. Which yes. again is just like, dude, you need to just and listen. I I kind of low key love Bill Lambert to be a Bulls fan when he was coaching in uh, the, the the Detroit um, um, shock shock. Thank you. Yeah. I used to think that was back in time where I used to be like, man, I wouldn't mind him being a Bulls coach. I think it was I before, thought that too. This was before Scott Skiles perhaps had maybe taken a job mm-hmm. or something like. But I used to, I used to open him, him and John Paxson went to college together, right? Yeah, he went to ND. He did. Yeah. He probably, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I used to opine for him to get that job, which, but this is the funny part. Now, it would have been a slap in the face of those former Bulls players, just like I felt it was a slap in the face of Lou Aldang when they mentioned Danny Ferry perhaps mm-hmm. being in, running GM. for the executive VP thing. But, VP, yeah. 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 Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, also, too, um, I'm going to go into the depths when we go on my little rant about the WWE. Which go on your rant. All right. So we have talked about this so many times with from Dana White trying to get a private island, and thank God Mickey Mouse came in and said, shut that ish down. Shut that ish down. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've talked about that. We talked about so many other stories for here on Dean Davis show and Dean Davis to flip about the greed that's happening right now when it comes to this uh, coronavirus coming across America, coming across or in America and uh, coming across the world. Right. So I'm the wrestling fan of this show. WWE, AEW, old school stuff. I watch it all, right? So yesterday it broke that WWE was labeled an essential, what's the exact term, Ryan, I'm looking for? Essential, essential business. Essential right? business. Essential business of the state of Florida. In what world is professional wrestling an essential Orlando. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> I understand the the fact that getting the people back to work who work at these arenas, the get the people get back to work who small own small businesses that's around those arenas. I understand that it's a it's a it's an interlocked economy, right? Uh, that's just how it is, right? Intersectional. Like, intersectional. Yes, yes. Everything is together. Basically, what I'm trying to say. I understand that, but there is no way in hell, no way in hell, right now. Still the line from Vince McMahon. No way in hell I would go to a WWE event in Orlando, Florida. I don't care what the hell is that. Right now, there is no way. If you're dumb enough to say that the WWE is an essential business, you're and you're dumb enough to go and give Vince McMahon your money, 
Simple fact, you are a dumbass. It does not make any sense. What the hell is going on? The greasing of palms. The greasing of palms. Hey, I didn't see this article, but when you're saying this, because I thought you were saying that they're essential, so they're still going to let them do the skeleton crew and record in the Oh, this is live tapings. Yeah, but uh, uh, the point I'm trying, but I thought they were taping live in an empty venue. They're taping live right now at the Performance Center. So, but you're saying he's, how... You're saying that he's saying that they're go- he's going to allow the fans to be in the stands for these things? That's my understanding. I got to see this article. Live state, live taping. Because I, I did see this, that Fox and USA, they have to have so, they have, to have so many live events. It's based on their TV contracts, right? They are still doing, in a sense, kind of like live events. There's just no one there. So... It wouldn't make any sense to go around and say, like, oh, you're an essential business. The only reason, the only reason why you say somebody is essential business, that means that you're going to let people come to you. That means you're going to open your door to the public. It's the only reason why. Normally. Right, right? If you're or you're going to be involved with people. If you're an essential business. That's kind of like Jules <coughs> right down the street from Ken and I. You know what I'm saying? That's an essential business. It's a grocery store. How are uh, the magic meant more essential than the WWE? What yeah, don't you want those last few games in the playoff run? Isn't you that think, pretty you big think so, but, but this is what it is. Donald Trump is in the WWE Hall of Fame. I'm going to go air course. It, it is one. He's in the WWE Hall of Fame, and his wife worked for the Trump, organi- uh, the Trump administration. I don't think she's there anymore. She was supposed to be. I think she had, in fact, her, her title was like over small businesses. She was like the head of the small business division or something like that. So there is a link, and the governor of uh, Florida is a – Starch public, uh, starch Trump supporter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's his guy. So now you have all the squirrels. It's like you have to be. Why are you so greedy? I know the XFL just shut down. I mean, it was probably going to shut down anyway. You're right. You, you're going to be against the NFL. It's not going to really. Ooh, but matter you gotta, anything. you gotta look at it from but this. Damn, he's dying over here. He is. I know. I'm with you, D. You're 100% right. I'm just looking at Vince McMahon's perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You s- sold, what, $100 million worth of shares, shares? to get this XFL thing going? And it you was did done. it all right this time compared sure to the first time. Did. It looked like it was going to be viable to the end of the season and mm-hmm. potentially get another season. You got the backers with ESPN and Fox and all that. And then a pandemic hits, and you lose it again. Lose it again. <laughs> the WWE stock, I mean, listen, they cut down house shows, so they're losing money. So I understand. I think Vince want- is ready to fight this thing. Like, he's <laughs> looking for the virus, and he's going to punch in the God air. Damn it, where is that? Where is it? God damn it. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like. It's in the air. <laughs> I understand that you want to get back to business. Listen, uh, the companies that we work for, yeah, I'm sure they want to get back to business get in the public. Yeah, who doesn't want to make money? Who doesn't want to make money? But not right now. All right, you're real not, quick. You're not essential. Go ahead. They're not, I don't think they're allowing people in the stands. So why would they call them an essential business? Because they were, gonna them shut, they were going to well, shut them down. Because right. remember, Florida didn't go into shelter in place when everybody else did. So allowing them to be an essential business allows them to do the skeleton crew thing. They're not allowing people into the stadium. Mm, we'll I, just read the, I just read the article. They said they're not allowing people at all? Yeah, no, they're not. It's not that. They're not. That's not what they're going to do. They're, well, what, if, the, essential, the, the essential thing is after the shelter in place, they were not going to be allowed to go and film because that's right. still a gathering of people. That was, Like UFC, same thing with Dana White. Yes, that yeah, like that. So 
so what they what that mayor did down there, uh, basically allowing them to do that, allows them to go back to what they were doing as far as filming the events. But they're not going to allow fans to be around the All state. Right, but man. even that, stupid as hell. It doesn't matter. Like you're talking. Yeah, I mean, about, I'm not a wrestling. I'm not even a wrestling fan. So listen, I enjoy some boxing. But I'm good. Listen, and again, boxing great fights happen maybe once a year at that. So it's not the same. But um, listen, I do. I miss my sports. But man, I got other stuff that's more important than this. And I mean, the yeah. fact when you see the thing I don't like though is how watching ESPN. I just come out and say it, and how you can see how they're ink like, man, they got to do something. You know, the, the economy's gonna be messed up. We got to do something. And it's just like you're saying that because this is your job. I, I think there's Which a is understandable. Yeah, but I, I think you should be careful with that because. It's something important, and we're trying to save people's lives. Mm-hmm. And sports aren't that important. I mean, it's important to the economy, yeah, and it's important to our morale. But like at certain times, you got to pivot. Like yeah. that's just in life, you got to readjust. Like we live, especially in the first world country, quote unquote, we have plenty of amenities that, you know, people have it rougher than us. So if you take away a few of our toys, man, we should be able to make it up. Like, dude, I haven't been out the crib. In, in over a week. Uh, oh, yeah. When's the last time, like, I, dude, I haven't hung out with anyone mm-hmm. during this mm-hmm. thing. Last time I hung out with somebody was with y'all. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, I, it hasn't yeah. been any Dak Prescott, Prescott uh, dinners no around this. Pan spaghetti. Come yeah. on, kid, I guess you got it you. You know, you so, haven't it, used that uh, new smoker? And and got my, no, no, not at all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and, and again, I, I'm trying to look at ways to come out of this better than I'm coming into it. You know, I'm finally kind of hitting that, 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 that where I can kind of get my scheduling together. But yeah, I'm tired. I'm going stir crazy. I'm tired of being in the crib. Yeah, but man, I'm lucky to have a place over my head that you understand the bigger picture. You yes. understand the bigger have picture. Have water. Yes, have yes. A, a, a comfortable uh, living at home. Have have for even the people that are in my family that have, have had coronavirus are still alive and kicking. You know what I'm saying? Not in this house. So anybody for but just so uh, there are blessings to to sit there and acknowledge. So when we're sitting here, and this is the thing like when we were talking about before the show started and the Daily Presser, and I was just like, I'm kind of tired of this as far as this administration. Mm-hmm. It's the joke is just, the, the gag is ran, run thin, especially when real shit hits the fan. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's just like, it, we're, I get tired of watching adults act like children 24-7. And it, partisan, or however it goes, it's nerve-wracking because these people have other people's lives in their hands and they've had yeah. this, they've had these people's lives in their hands before this pandemic over things. It was like, wait, dude, this is childish. What are you doing? Are you I doing? mean, like, so it's, 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 it's infuriating to know that stuff like this takes place in Florida, but still, I mean, it's par for the course when you look at the state of this country and that state in general. Yeah. Florida going Florida. Florida, right. Florida. Yeah. All right, Ryan. We, we had some notable Ken too. We had some notable death sports and sports world. Y'all, y'all mind uh, letting all this us know who unfortunately has gone home. Um, I, since Ryan is the Cubs fan, I will do the Cubs, um, former Cubs player, not former, sorry, former Cubs manager and also general manager, Jim Frey. Uh, has went on, uh, had that terrific 84 season, and mm-hmm. he was the general manager. He was the manager in 84, but he was the general manager in 89. And those And during that decade were two of the best years for the Cubs. And then uh, one of those phenomenal Cubs teams that didn't really win, but those 60 Cubs that have such a loyal fan base, when you're talking about Ernie Banks and you talk about Billy Williams, mm-hmm. uh, fortunately the second baseman from that team, 
Glenn Burkert, uh, he, that he also passed recently. So just for Chicago Cubs family, it's really hit them hard uh, recently. So best to the, to, to the Cubs and to those, those two men's family members, uh, we wish you all the best. Uh, those guys had wonderful, long lives, uh, full of life. And uh, as they transition on, we only wish to, to keep them uh, in our thoughts. All right. Yeah, uh, what caught my eye, Tavares Jackson passing away from a car crash. He was 36, I believe, at the time. Yeah, 30, 36 that's years terrible. Single yeah. accident, terrible. single car accident. I remember yeah. him with the Vikings, then he moved on to Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He Got was always Super Bowl. That, I remember in uh, Minnesota, it was always back and forth. Is Tavares Jackson the future of the Vikings? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had a few years, so they were really trying to figure that out. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, then... Also here in the Midwest, Carl Anthony Towns, Minnesota yeah. Timberwolf, famously said his mom went into a coma when she had uh, the COVID-19, but unfortunately she has passed. And they were very close. I believe they were still living together, like best friends, not like... Yeah, his know, family's like really she close. Was, she was like a big part of his training, his rookie year. She went to every single game, home and away. So just terrible to hear stuff like that, especially when you come from a household with a single mom. Yeah, yeah. I think his pop is his pops around. I think his pops is no, around. no. He, he was, Ryan was talking about his life. Oh, oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Carl Anthony's, okay. Carl Anthony's town's father, uh, Carl Anthony Senior. He beat, uh, he beat the coronavirus too. It was they both had it at the they same both, time. They both had it. He was yeah. released from the hospital. Unfortunately, his mother was uh, was put on a ventilator, and unfortunately, yeah. she passed. Yeah, it's very sad. Also, too, uh, uh, Hank Steinbrenner. This will be yeah. George Steinbrenner's son. One of he, co-owner. One of, of co-owner of the Yankees. Yankees. Hank and how? I mean, yeah, how? And, yeah, uh, he had an illness. He died, I believe, today too. He was at the age of sixty-three. Yeah. So, uh, notable people, obviously, in the sports world. Uh, condolences going out to that family from the and Davis show, but uh, and also too, like I said, it gets touching. Uh, with Carl Anthony Towns' mother. Unfortunately, the coronavirus is uh, taking people's lives, obviously, and unfortunately, really hitting the African-American community. I'm, I haven't heard anything. She had any kind of pre-existing conditions or anything like that, but uh, it's really affecting our community at, 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 at a alarming, alarming rate. rate. Alarming rate. Uh, but that kind of gives you that kind of dose of reality, and it brings it back to the point. Listen, the risk is not worth the reward. These yes, we talk about sports all the time. We love sports. We all played sports, uh, but sports are secondary when it comes to people's lives and obviously people's families. Yep. So if you if if it's not if it's not it's not worth it. We can wait to we can wait to see another game. We can't if we if we're not here, you know we can't watch the damn game. Facts, you know. Yeah, we can wait for a fake wrestling match. <laughs> yeah, we can. We can wait for that. And you have the WWE Network. Just yeah. release, just release the scripts. <laughs> hey, listen, it ain't fake. It might be scripted, but it ain't fake. Fair enough. All right. Hey, thanks so much for uh, spending some time with us, watching us on YouTube, listening to the podcast. Make sure you uh, click on the link in the bio on uh, iTunes. I'm, I'm sorry, um, Twitter and Instagram at Dean Davis Show. Give you a whole entire list where you can find the show. We'll simply search for the Dean Davis Show, Dean Davis Show, uh, Dean Davis to Flip and Westworld Flip. I'm on Twitter and IG at Demons One. Ken's on Twitter and IG at That's Davis. Ryan's on Twitter at Ryan B. Ski and IG Ryan B. Ski One. As today, the sun shines so brightly while it was snowing in April and it looks so weird looking out the door. Yeah. Um, take some time, regardless of your re- religious affiliations or none, rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, take some time to be appreciative. Like that you're breathing, that 
somebody close to you is still there to have someone close to you because some people don't have anybody. And even if you don't still take time to be happy that you're still here to take another day. A lot of people in the dirt that wish they was on top right now. And we spend a lot of time playing around rather than and, and let, walking through this life rather than really shaking the trees and, you know, going for it. And coming out of this, you know, kind of get your life in order. You know what I'm saying? Look at like you should spend this time really trying to refocus and come out of this better than you come in. I've had a pretty terrific time with my family for the most part. Yeah, a little bit. We don't each other's nerves, but it's, it's actually been pretty cool. Um, our relationships, I would like to say, have grown. So the, your family member, you're in the house, you know, next year that person may not be here. Like I, I've buried a lot of people that I've been close to. So take some time and smell the roses, even during the COVID-19 and appreciate the fact that you're still here and pray for those who may not be. That's right. Also, too, as I always, I always say, keep your hands to yourself, but reach out and reach out and talk to some people or reach out and find out how people are doing as well. All right. Mm-hmm. Keep your hands to yourself. Peace.